Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right, how's everyone doing? I know I wasn't here yesterday. Everyone relax. I'm okay. We just had something to take care of. So I took a Tuesday off, but I'm back and I'm ready to go. Are you ready to go? There's a lot to talk about. A lot's happening. Um, uh, Where do we start? Well, there's a big announcement that yesterday that DeSantis had a a big announcement today. And it was going to take place, you know, in Florida. Um, And as it turns out, what he did was he fired. Well, he he suspended. Didn't fire. He He suspended. Democratic State Attorney Monique Worrell, citing lack of mandatory minimum sentencing for various crimes, neglect of duty, and abusing discretion. So while he's running for president and running between Iowa and New Hampshire, and Iowa, New Hampshire, Iowa, and New Hampshire, he goes to Florida and does his job. And fires this, by the way, this uh, Soros-owned state attorney. And we see a lot of these Soros-owned state attorneys around the country. But no governor has the balls that DeSantis has to actually fire them. I'll I'll actually play DeSantis' comments and his reasoning for for suspending her. so you get a better idea of exactly what happened there and why and why he did it. I'll do that in a second. But what's amazing, I want to comment on this before I play the video. So here's DeSantis doing what many of us have said that governors of California and New York need to do to their Soros-backed attorneys, uh, uh, attorney generals, um, DAs, I should say, DAs, who don't prosecute criminals. They don't prosecute criminals. They have their own political agenda, okay? And that usurps their actual job. That trumps, if you will, the actual job they have, which is to prosecute criminals. But they have their own narrative, their own worldview, their own political view, which gets in the way. Now, it's different than saying, sure, You're going to have more conservative prosecutors. You're going to have more liberal prosecutors. Absolutely. It's always been the case. But only lately are we seeing these Soros-backed prosecutors who have such a warped worldview that they let it get in the way of doing their job, doing the job of prosecuting criminals, right? And they're like, like DeSantis is about to talk about. There are minimum sentences, that need to be applied. And your political view, your worldview, your own world narrative can't get in the way of doing that. Okay? There are certain things you must do as a prosecutor, whether you're a left-wing prosecutor or a right-wing prosecutor or a Democrat or a Libertarian or Republican. There are certain things you must do that are part of your job that a lot of these Soros-backed prosecutors aren't doing because they have this worldview right, of 
empty the prisons, that these people who commit these crimes come from such horrible, oppressed backgrounds that they shouldn't have to go to jail, that they should get a second chance and a third chance and a fifth chance to kill people. And that has to end. And we've seen this with like Alvin Bragg. Remember, Alvin Bragg was on the outs even with liberals, so much so that he had to prosecute Trump in order to get in their good graces again. But of course, he should have been fired a long time ago. But Kathy Hochul has no cojones, literally, but also, more importantly, figuratively. Um, but Ron DeSantis does. So he, now this is a guy in the middle of running for president, right? You know, working his ass off, campaigning. And he realizes he has a job to do as governor. And he goes back to Florida and he does his job. And he fires this this worthless, weak, uh, Soros-backed uh, state attorney. But here here's the here's the video. I'll talk about it more in a second. The Florida puts our communities in danger and victimizes innocent Floridians. Accordingly, I am today announcing the suspension of State Attorney Monique Worrell from the Ninth Judicial Circuit, effective immediately. I'm appointing Judge Andrew Bain to take over as state attorney for the Ninth Judicial Circuit. Judge Bain is currently a judge in Orlando. He is a native Floridian. Uh, he attended University of Miami, where he played football, and he received his law degree uh, from Florida A&M Law School. And I trust that he will be a prosecutor uh, that faithfully enforces the law and will keep the communities of Central Florida safe. Monique Worrell's administration of criminal justice in the Ninth Circuit has been clearly and fundamentally derelict so as to constitute both neglect of duty and incompetence. The policies or practices listed in our executive order uh, suspending her uh, con that constitutes the grounds of suspension are as follows. Uh, one, a pattern or practice to avoid minimum mandatory sentences for gun crimes pattern or practice to avoid minimum mandatory sentences for drug trafficking offenses, pattern and practice allowing juvenile offenders to avoid serious charges and incarceration altogether, pattern or practice to avoid valid and applicable sentencing enhancements, pattern or practice limiting charges for child pornography, pattern or practice for seeking withhold, withholding of adjudication in situations not permitted under Florida law. So once again, this this person, Monique Worrell, it's not just about having a, a certain worldview, right? It has to do with the fact that she wasn't doing her job at all in accordance with Florida law. So she was breaking Florida law by not doing her job. So, um, of course, the left-wing media is... Uh, we know this. It's, it's, you see, this is how the, 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 uh, the charlatans in the media get their narrative through. Now, what did DeSantis do? He suspended this Democrat, right? But if you look at uh, CNBC or MSN, they, they all write their headlines. This is the headline. DeSantis suspends elected Florida state attorney. No, no shit. No, no, a, 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 a bird flew by and shit her down onto the people of Florida. Well, no, no shit she's elected. Okay, we know she's elected. 
It doesn't mean he doesn't have the right to fire her. You see, he has balls. Kathy Hochul has the right to fire any DA she wants. Gavin Newsom has the right as governor to fire every fucking DA in the state of California if he wanted. It's not breaking the law. It is their job. The governor has the right. The executive of the state has the right to fire these elected officials. That's in the state constitution. DeSantis is not breaking the law. She broke the law. Which is why he fired her weak ass. Doesn't matter that she's elected. So you see the left-wing media puts in those words, elected, as though, oh, DeSantis is overdoing the will of the people. What a fascist. What a fascist. They protect criminals. They want criminals to destroy us. They want people to kill and rape and loot. This is the country they want. This is their worldview. And Ron DeSantis, at least, is saying, not under my watch. So fuck the left-wing media. I'm tired of these fucking retards in the left-wing media. That's they are. They're fucking retarded. I live in a fucking city where we have this San Francisco Chronicle, which is such a fucking shit rag of a fucking paper. A shit rag paper. Which is constantly all about the narrative and the political views of the people who write for them. It's not about news. It's not about journalism. It's not about finding the truth. It's not about doing your fucking job, getting off your fucking ass, away from your fucking laptop, and doing some investigative reporting the way reporters used to do 30 and 40 years ago. It's just about purporting your narrative. They get off on pushing their narrative. They That gives them their little bit of power. Pushing their ridiculously disgusting left-wing extremist agenda into the papers, onto your television sets. And I'm tired of it. And they need to be called out for it. DeSantis was doing what he's supposed to do, what the people of Florida elected him as governor of 21 million people to do, which is if someone's not doing their job, in that state, he can fire their fucking ass. If they're not protecting the people of his state, if they're not protecting his 21 million constituents, they get fucking canned. That's what Gavin Newsom doesn't have the balls to do. That's what Kathy Hochul doesn't have the balls to do. That's what Democratic governors never have the balls to do, which is protect the fucking people who put them in office. So she's out. She's out. And of course, the moron liberals like Nikki Fried, like Nikki Brain Fried, who's a loser, who couldn't even beat a fucking 120-year-old Charlie fucking Christ. She couldn't even beat a fucking 120-year-old dementia patient. And yet people still talk about her like she's an actual person, like she's an actual fucking thing. Nikki Brain Fried. And her left-wing nutjob nut job followers 
are going to have a rally in Orlando against this because they are on the side of criminals. They want criminals to take over. They want your stores to be shut down. They want your fucking loved ones to be killed because they're fucking insane and they must be eradicated from society. But he did his job, even though he's running for president. Even though he's running for president, he did his job. See, this is one of the main things I love about Ron DeSantis. If, excuse me, I'm eating crackers. Eating crackers while I talk. But this is what I love about Ron DeSantis. He really knows how to needle the left. He knows how to really get under their skin, but he does it in a very precise, smart, policy-driven way, right? A real way where he does real things that annoy them. Unlike Donald Trump, who just tweets, gets under their skin by tweeting, and no one gives a shit anymore. Not even on Twitter anymore, or X. This is what I love about Ron DeSantis. He really knows had to get under the skin to the left in real ways with policies that they don't like. So she's a left-wing prosecutor, Soros-backed prosecutor. And we know that Soros has many ways to back people directly with money and indirectly through PACs and through dark money ways. And that's how he's backed a lot of these prosecutors And um, what's really amazing, though, look, you expect the reaction from the left, right? You expect them to go apoplectic because they love criminals and they hate DeSantis. But what's really true, what truly shows the true colors of certain people is the Trump cabal or the Trump clan or the Trump cult. Being so damn silent today, not giving Ron DeSantis credit for this. That shows who they really are, who they really and truly are. They're always talking about how awful these Soros-backed attorneys are, how we have to get rid of them. And then a Republican governor gets rid of one. But he happens to be running against their beloved, bloated, fat fuck. So they can't give DeSantis any credit. That is the definition of a cult. It's the definition of a cult. I like someone until my cult leader tells me to hate them, then I hate them. That's a brainless fucking jackass cult. They should all take the fucking Gatorade or whatever and go away and fucking pass away already. I've had enough of them, but this shows, this shows their true colors, that they're constantly bitching and moaning about awful George Soros's and how we have to get rid of all of his attorneys who allow lawlessness and then Ron DeSantis does it, and they don't say a fucking word. You mark my words. When DeSantis wipes the floor, wipes Trump's fucking big fat ass, fat fucking cellulite-ridden ass 
all over the floor and destroys him in Iowa and destroys him in New Hampshire and destroys him in Nevada and easily wins the primary, you watch him in his cult, not back DeSantis and back Biden. All of a sudden, they'll love Joe Biden because this is what they are. They're a cult and they're fucking insane. They're as insane as the extreme left. They're in the state. He will claim that the primary was rigged. They will believe him. They will hate DeSantis. And all of a sudden, they'll want President Biden because they are fucking crazy. Because they have no goddamn brains of their own. They're not deplorable, Hillary. They're just dumb fucks. That's all they are. Maybe she was trying to say it in a fancier way than I want to, because I don't give a shit. They're dumb fucks. Let me tell you something. If God forbid the worst happened, the worst, let's talk the worst, and, and uh, Trump somehow would advance to the general election and loses, and we get President Biden, which of course becomes President Harris soon after that. Who who gets hurt by that? Do you think Sean Hannity gets hurt? Do you think Jesse Waters gets hurt? Do you think Laura Ingraham gets hurt? Do you think Rachel Maddow gets hurt? Do you think Lawrence O'Donnell gets hurt? No, you get hurt. I get hurt. That's who gets hurt. So fuck these people, both in the left-wing media and the right-wing media, with their selfish fucking reasons for wanting this fat fucking bloated fuck to win the primary. I know I'm cursing more than I have in a while. Too bad. That's what happens when I take a day off. I shouldn't take any time off. I should keep going. Shoot seven days a week. I'd be more mellow. I'd get it all out of my system every day. But I don't want to put a dour feeling on the proceedings here because what Ron DeSantis did today was fantastic. What he did today showed that you can indeed chew bubblegum and walk at the same time. Remember, people always say, oh, you run for president, and then, of course, you don't do, you, you, you don't do your job as governor. You don't do your... Well, he's doing his job. He hasn't forgotten Florida. He went back to Florida in the middle of campaigning and did a very important thing. A very important thing. Because people are tired. Normal people. I don't know about Trump people. I don't know about the left. But I know normal people are tired of the lawlessness. We just saw that, what was it, bodega owner, right? Who beat the shit. 7-Eleven owner who beat the shit out of that guy who brazenly came in and just started dumping stuff into a trash, into a uh, pail. And they beat the shit out of them with a bat. And they were going to prosecute. They were thinking about prosecuting the 7-Eleven owner. And they've dropped that because they understand. I don't think they would have dropped this a few months ago or a year ago. But they understand that people are on edge right now. We're, We're tired of this. We're fucking tired of it. And we're going to throw their fucking asses out of office one way or another, whether through elections or by electing a governor who will do it. And they're getting a little bit afraid of us now. And they should be very afraid of us. They should be incredibly afraid of us. 
I mean, I live in a city where everything's closed. And when, I, I put up a video on Twitter. You can go on my Twitter page. I'll put it up again. It was, it was some, some guy in San Francisco who walked along the famous Market Street, which is the main drag, runs through the city in, in a very odd diagonal way. Only here, only in San Francisco, we have diagonal streets. But it's a diagonal street, and it runs through most of the downtown area. And all the stores are closed in a, in a section, a section of about, you know, 15 blocks. Almost every store is closed. Every store that was open three years ago is closed now. And it's a, it's, a dis, it's a disgusting video. It's a frightening video. It's like one of those post-apocalyptic or zombie movie videos. Everything was closed. It's just a microcosm of what's happening here and in a lot of other cities. Just, it's just we're the worst example. San Francisco was the worst of the worst. But it's happened in L.A. It's happened in, in Chicago. It happened in big time in, in New York. It's Philly. It's happened everywhere. Remember someone showed all those um, stores along the Magnificent Mile in Chicago that were closed. Upscale stores that are gone. This is, we're getting tired of this. We're getting tired of it. Every time I see a tourist in the city, I say, I want to say to them, I, I, they don't speak English, most of them. You know, I, I hear more foreign languages than English as I walk through San Francisco. I think everyone that speaks English is gone. Anyone, yeah, I hear French, I hear German, I hear Japanese, Japanese, I hear Mandarin, I hear everything. So I can't talk to them, but I want to ask them, what are you doing here? So 90% of it is foreign tourists. I don't hear many tourists speaking English. So it's not like you have many. So see, the word's gotten out to tourists in like in middle America, like Iowa, Nebraska, Missouri, don't come here. They're not coming. But I don't know if the word's gotten to Europe yet. It isn't. I'm sure it's not in the media the way it is here. And they're still coming for now until one of them gets robbed or raped or killed. Then they'll won't come back anymore. But I want to ask them, what the hell are you doing here? What are you doing here? I don't get it. What is what is there to do here? <laughs> All the stores downtown are closed. The places that are open close at nine. They close at the, the drug stores close at sunset because then the the the, uh, the, uh, the savages come out, so they have to close at sunset. What do you what are you doing here? The hotels are three hundred dollars a night because they're trying to get what they can before they have to close themselves. Makes of quick money. I'm like, what? What the hell are you spending all of your money on here? Go anywhere else. Seriously, go anywhere else. I don't know. I don't get it. Like I said, I guess the word isn't out yet. There yet. They probably don't cover it on television there the way they do here. So, and I'm sure they don't watch Fox News or anything like that. So they don't really know what's going on. And they come and spend their money here. And this city loves that. The city wants that kind of censorship. They want that kind of omission because they want people to come here to believe it's the old San Francisco of Alcatraz and Bullitt and Clint Eastwood and the streets of San Francisco. You might see Michael Douglas or even Charles Malden, even though he's dead. Malden was his name, not Charles Malden. What the fuck's his name? Malden. Carl Malden. You know, and who the hell's Charles Malden? <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's not that way anymore. That's not, that's, not, that's not the case anymore. It hasn't been for a long time. You want to go to Castro and go to Harvey Milk's place? It's gone. 
the the camera shop is gone, right? The 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 bar and restaurant's gone. Everything's gone. I don't know what you're doing here. Uh, maybe this podcast isn't getting out. We need to get this podcast out to Europe so they know don't come here. Do not come here. It's a dangerous place that is boring and dead. Cold in winter, summer too. Very cold. I don't get it. Boy, today, tonight, there was fog like I haven't seen here in about a decade. I looked at my window at about seven o'clock. It looked like it was raining. It was that, that's how heavy the fog was, where it looked like rain. I hadn't seen it this foggy here since maybe I, I moved here in 2012. It was really, all of a sudden, the fog really came in, and it is right now. It's incredibly thick. Very odd. Very odd. How can it be with global warming? I don't understand. Okay. Um, so there's the Ron DeSantis thing, which was good. We need more of that. Once again, though, really proving that he is the true conservative in this bunch. He is. He's the true conservative. When you compare him to Trump, there's no, there's no comparison. Ron DeSantis is the true conservative. Trump is the fake fake conservative. There's nothing conservative about Donald Trump. And like I said, what Trump blusters about, what his cult blusters about, DeSantis actually does. He actually gets it done. He doesn't just talk. He doesn't just tweet or X or truth social. He actually gets it done. And that's what he'll do as president. He'll get it done. And if you're a true, look, I understand. If you're a whack job lefty, why would you want, you don't want him. You don't, you don't want him firing liberal prosecutors. You don't want him prosecutors that let people out of jail early and, and let criminals run the country because you want criminals running everything. I get it. So you don't want to vote for Ron. It makes sense, right? Why would you vote for a guy who's going to limit abortion when you want abortion up until the, the, the mother's there sitting there and the, you know, giving birth? So you don't want to run DeSantis. I get it. But if you're a conservative and you don't want Ron DeSantis, you're full of shit. In one way or another, you're full of shit. You're either not a real conservative or you're petty. You're a petty Trumper. You're a pretend conservative. Because everything you bitch and moan about, he does. He gets it done. He takes care of it. He ends your bitching and moaning. So why wouldn't you want a president who finally ends your bitching and moaning? Unless you like bitching and moaning. Maybe, maybe people do. Maybe people do. Look, there was a time not too long ago. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very honest with everyone here. Well, I would have been against this. I would have said, no, you can't fire elected official. They're elected. Let the people decide. It's, no, it's, you know, you're a conservative and you're letting your agenda. But no, no, no. We're living in times now that call for this. There's a reason why he's doing it now. We are living in a very lawless time where the criminals are being allowed to take over. The criminals are being told, it's okay, we're not going to punish you for doing bad things. That's the time we're living in now. The date this started, I'm not sure of. But it's happened. We're here. 
And so this is the time to do this. And if you don't understand that, there's got to be something wrong with you. There's got to be something wrong with you. These people should not be coddled. I don't give a fuck if they came from the poorest background ever. I don't care. I knew a lot of Italians, a lot of Italian-Americans, Irish-Americans who've come from very poor backgrounds where their, their, their parents could hardly feed the families of 10. They didn't turn out to be criminals. Well, maybe some kind. You know what I'm talking about, but that's different. They didn't turn out to be these low-life criminals who hurt and kill innocent people and close stores, close small businesses. Therefore, those people can't afford. That's why I, I consider that the kind of looting a violent act because it, it makes the store owner close down and then they can't feed their family. That's a violent act. I don't care about your background. You have the opportunities in life in front of you. Forget about what's behind you. It's not an excuse to commit crimes. It's not an excuse to close businesses. It's not an excuse to hurt and kill people. Background is never an excuse for that because there are too many people who come from those kinds of backgrounds who don't end up that way. If every single person from that kind of a background ended up that way, you could say, well, maybe we got something there. That's not the way it goes because we have something called self-determination, free will. But that's not what the left thinks. They think these people have no other choice but to be criminals. Like that guy who goes into the 7-Eleven, right, with the trash can, and just starts brazenly putting things into the trash can as though nothing's going to happen to him for doing it. And then something happens to him for doing it. Who forced him to go into 7-Eleven and do that? Did someone put a gun to his head? If he can prove someone put a gun to his head or or said they'd kill his family unless he did that, There's a defense there, but I doubt that's the case. No one forces people to go in and try to loot a store, rob a store. They do that under their own free will, so they have to accept the consequences, no matter what they are. You don't know what the consequences are going to be. It depends who you're dealing with. It could be nothing. It could be a little injury. It could be death. could be you're charged with crime and go to jail. But you have to be willing to take the consequences. So when I see a situation where a store owner says, no, we're not going to allow this and does what they did, it's too bad. Those are the consequences. That does not happen to you. You don't get a beating if you don't try to rob the store. They weren't, the 7-Eleven, those 7-Eleven owners were not going to beat this person if he didn't try to rob their store. They didn't just randomly beat people who come into their store. They don't randomly beat their customers. I think that's bad business. So people are tired of this now. We are fucking tired of it. And so I applaud Ron DeSantis. I'm seeing more and more people who used to be on the left applauding Ron DeSantis. You know, some guy who's and applauding those videos of those 7-Eleven owners doing what they had to do to defend their property and their livelihoods. You know, I, I see people on Twitter talking about all these former Trump supporters who are supporting DeSantis. And yes, there are millions of them. That's why Trump's crowds are dwindling and polls are showing that half of his voters will vote for someone else. But I have to remind them, there are people who are not being polled. 
There's no way to reach them. Me, Daniel, others who supported like Bernie Sanders. People who supported Bernie Sanders and now support Ron DeSantis are not being polled. They will never be polled. They cannot be reached. They're not on the rolls. The people don't know they exist. So they are not considered in these polls. Period. And there are a lot of us. These people are surprised when I tell them. Believe me, if I know some people personally who went from Sanders to DeSantis, that means there are a lot of people in this country that way. Because I don't know personally every single one of them, obviously. But if I know of a few personally, there are millions. Those people are not being polled and will never be polled. They don't know how to reach us. They don't even think we exist. I'm trying to tell people we do. I'm sure DeSantis knows, but I will tell him if I ever meet him, and I hope to one day, probably have to go to Iowa to see him, but that I, was, I voted for Bernie twice. But I don't think he's going to be, like, shocked, right? I'll tell you what his reaction is, because that's exactly what I'm going to say to him. The first thing I'm going to say to DeSantis if I meet him is, you know, I voted for Bernie Sanders twice, and now I'm voting for you. I don't think he's going to be floored by it. He's probably been, been told that already. But that word needs to get out. We're not being polled. We're not. We're in the shadows. But we're going to come out on election day in our states. That's for sure. All right. So there's DeSantis. There's a Trump cult not saying anything. Um, there was something else. I got mad and I lost my train of thought. That's what happens when I get mad. I, I have all these things I want to talk about. Then I get mad. I lose my train of thought. Well, there's a little bit more. We might circle back. I feel like Jen Psaki now. God forbid. Circle back to the election. But there's something else that came out with um, Fauci today. Now, this is a watchdog group. Written in the Washington Examiner. By the way, don't read the Washington Post. If you're going to read any kind of major journalistic outlet, read the Washington Examiner. This is a watchdog group, and they revealed that Fauci and NIH scientists personally collected royalty payments from taxpayer-funded inventions. So newly released, unredacted documents reveal third-party royalties paid to NIH scientists, including Fauci, before, during, and after the pandemic. These new findings raise more questions about Fauci's statements to lawmakers during the hearings in Congress. The Transparency Watchdog opened the books, which they're very good, by the way, and they're not partisan, released more than 1,500 pages of records revealing that NIH leadership and thousands of scientists personally received royalty payments from companies licensing their inventions that were made with taxpayer money. NIH leadership, including Fauci, claimed while testifying before Congress that they could not release the names of the companies paying the NIH third-party royalties. Open the books for the lawsuit with Judicial Watch on its Freedom of Information Act request to get the documents released from the NIH. The new report from the watchdog shows payments between September 09 and October 2020, it's an 11-year span, Several of the royalty payments were from companies that received federal contracts and grants. 
that could be considered a conflict of interest. The NIH allows scientists to receive no more than 150 grand annually from, uh, from royalties. In Senate hearings in 2022, Rand Paul grilled Fauci on his NIH royalty payments and he declined to answer questions. The immunologist deflected by suggesting that he didn't understand what the senator was saying. I don't know what you're saying. I don't get it. When Paul pressed Fauci about royalty payments in another Senate hearing, Fauci said he didn't know as a fact about royalty payments. Fauci pushed back saying people who receive royalties didn't have to report the payments. As the most recognized official NIH, Dr. Fauci was a face of third-party royalties controversy. But our investigation was about a lot more than any single scientist, opened the book said. He added, uh, Adam Andruski said, he added it was about allowing for scrutiny of these records for potential conflicts of interest, public health implications, and even national security implications for all of us. Every American should understand the stakes in play when public health guidance is released by the federal government. Andruski told Russell Brand in January that Fauci had a history of investing taxpayer dollars into his own inventions and then benefiting from the royalties. In 05, the AP got an unredacted database and they found that Fauci had burned down all the firewalls. He had received 44, 45 grand of royalties for an AIDS therapeutic that he had invented, he said. In the documents released on Wednesday, Fauci received payments from three different companies, Santa Cruz Biotech, which creates medical research, Ansel Corporation, which specializes in immunology, and Chiron, Chiron Corporation. Jail Fauci, jail him now! When are we going to put this elf in jail? Seriously. One thing after another. How much evidence do you need? There are people that are in jail for life based on less evidence than this in their case. Are you kidding me? It's one thing after another, after another, after another. He's lied in front of Congress like 17,000 times. How many years does that come with? Each time you lie in front of Congress, what's the penalty for that? It's got to be a few years in jail. This guy constantly did it. We saw this over and over again. He pretends he doesn't know. All of a sudden, he goes, his dementia kicks in. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. Then remember he said when one senator pressed him on his um, tax returns, and he goes, well, it's all there. Then under his breath, he's like, what a dope, what an idiot. Well, it's not. So in, in one breath, he says it's all there for people to see. Then he says, oh, well, we don't have to report royalties. Why don't they have to report the royalties? So if you don't have to report the royalties, then I guess it's not all there for everyone to see, is it? It's one thing after another with this guy. Incredible. They're bringing back the COVID scare. I think we spoke about this on Monday's show. Because we know COVID sells. It's simple. That's that's the main reason. That's why you're seeing it in, in publications and the Washington Post, because it sells. It gets clicks. It does. It does. Trump sells and COVID. There are two things that sell, COVID and Trump. They sell. They do. Big money. 
So they never want Trump to go away, even though they say they do. And they never want COVID to go away, even though they this is how they lie. They say they want Trump to go away, but they don't really want Trump to go away. They say they want COVID to go away, but they don't really want COVID to go away because it's about making money. And uh, not just clicks, but of course, Big Pharma and the selling of the booster and getting people upset and nervous. So they keep on jabbing poison into their fucking shoulders. Um, are they going to have like take home vaccines one day? Like, I know they take home tests, but they can have a take home vaccine where you can just jab. You can just go around everyone in your family and just jabbing them in the shoulder. I shouldn't give many ideas. Um, but now they're bringing back this ridiculous COVID scare. When, of course, people like Ian Miller and other people who put out real facts show there is no real uptick. As someone said on Twitter, if there were six cases today and next week there are eight cases, well, there you goes your 20-something percent uptick. So they say things like 42% uptick in COVID cases, and they don't tell you it's that people going to Walgreens testing themselves went from seven to nine positives. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. There is no major uptick in COVID cases. We have to stop saying the term COVID. It doesn't even exist. There, there's no major uptick in people getting colds. That will happen, obviously, as we get into the fall, because there's something called the flu season, right? But it's all bullshit that's there for clicks and to get people nervous. So next month, they go for their flu shot and their COVID booster number 12. And this is what we're seeing now. And so what, when do we get to the point where we know the me- people in the media know it's bullshit when they write this stuff, when they put this stuff out there? They either know it's bullshit or, as usual, they are lazy journalists, lazy, weak tea journalists who don't ask that simple question that I just said, the simple mathematics that I just said. Well, is this like, you know, eight cases that are now 10 or is it 8,000 cases that are now 29,000? What is it? They never asked the question. The CDC will just report these bullshit numbers that COVID cases positives have spiked 42%. And these fucking morons in the media run with it. One, they know it sells, so they don't want to ask that. You know what? They don't want to ask the question. They don't want the answer. They can't handle the truth because it goes against their narrative and it goes against running the story, right? Because you want to run the story because you know people are going to click on it. The CDC does it because they want to sell boosters, right? They want their friends in big pharma, the kickbacks they get. We see all these kickbacks that these people will get. So they want that they don't have to report. And so they, they want the money. They want their friends to make money. So they want that story put out there. The journalists, of course, want people to click. Oh, my God, let me click on this story about COVID. How many, how many people have done that over the last three and a half years? They normally would not have clicked on a story. If I put out a story that said, oh, uh, you know, a few more people got colds yesterday. Are you going to fucking click on that? No. Well, COVID cases have got, oh, my God, there's another, another, another variant. What is this one called? They're going to click on it, and they know that. Follow the money. Follow the money. 
Bill, I'll get you in one second. Anybody else that wants to call in? Uh, so, yeah, this Fauci, will he ever go to jail? I don't know. I'm losing hope. I'm losing hope. Here, this is a Jenna Ellis. She's, she's a good uh, account to follow on Twitter. Uh, and this is this really proves that we can all come from different walks of life and agree on things. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing when you have an open mind? Because when I had a closed mind, and I used to be a closed-minded Democrat, if I went on a Twitter account and it said Jenna Ellis, a servant of Jesus Christ, uh, essential church, resist, resist tyranny, uh, honor God, I might have said, well, this is a crazy person. I don't want to listen to anything she has to say. Now, actually, resist tyranny, honor God uh, resonates a lot more with me than it would have three and a half years ago. But then you go through her feed and you realize she makes she's she's a normal person. She makes a lot of sense, a ton of sense. And because she's an actual person of God, I believe her. I don't think she's full of shit. She's not on the side of Donald Trump because Donald Trump's a phony. He's a phony. If you want a, re a real religious person. Now, he's not a holy roller, DeSantis, but I believe he is actually, truly, genuinely, honestly more religious than Donald Trump ever has been or ever will be. Donald Trump is, is using that to fool people because his cult wouldn't like him as much, at least at the onset eight years ago, if he didn't pretend to be a religious person. Now it doesn't matter. Now he can come out and say, I never liked God. Fuck God. And they follow him anyway because they're insane. They're in a cult. But at the time, he had to establish himself as a fake evangelical, whatever. Um, but Jenna, who, who's the real deal, put out a good tweet today. And it said, you, DeSantis is absent in Florida. He can't govern and run for president. DeSantis does his job effectively and ruthlessly. You, DeSantis shouldn't do his job because it looks like he's just campaigning. Then she writes, just stop being an idiot. And that's true. That is the Trump cult. They're like, oh, he can't run for governor and be president at the same time. And then he actually does his job. He runs for president and does his job. And then they say, oh, no, he's just being political. He wants to score political points. And she's right. It's time for these people just to shut up. Stop making fools of yourself. Be quiet. One guy who I don't want to be quiet is Bill. I want him to talk. How you doing, Bill? You know, Mike, I, you need to talk up a little louder, I think. I didn't hear you very well, lately. <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily, uh, yep. I don't have the same problem you have. I, I can I can get loud. <laughs> I know, I, you know, I have I have neighbors, and I'm hoping they don't hear me. But maybe they do. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten any complaints for the last couple of years. So, That's you great. Know? <laughs> well, well, one of these nights, I look forward to you opening the window and yelling out, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> You're on the urge. I thought you were going to do it tonight. You were really on a roll. I was yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't do this podcast sitting by an open window. I don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be, I might hear the police cars coming. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. But, this, Listen, you know, this is like, mm -hmm. you have to, like I say, uh, if you disagree with DeSantis's politics, his actual politics, the things he does, I'm okay. I'll disagree with you. 
But to supposedly be a conservative and to hate Soros and Soros prosecutors, and then he does this, and then you don't give him credit because you are a Trump supporter, is absolutely insane. It truly is. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, I was I was wondering, did you cover Bigelow yet and how he said he was going to stop funding DeSantis? Did you cover that yet? Who Who's that? His main... Uh, well, the guy who, let, let, if you scroll down uh, in, in the chat, you'll see, uh, let's see, uh, Bigelow, who once said he'd go without food to push the Santa's uh, presidential bid and donated $20 million in March to never back down a super PAC supporting the Florida governor. That sum is 10 times higher than the $2 million donated by the PAC's Second biggest donor, venture capitalist Douglas Leon. Mm -hmm. uh, now Bigelow is uh, complaining and says he's going to stop. He's going to back out unless DeSantis becomes more moderate, especially around the abortion issue uh -huh. of all things. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about this guy, Bigelow? Doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like he's a conservative. Well, it doesn't sound like he's committed to not back down either. Tell me he didn't know. Well, he's Robert Bigelow allegedly, if you read the article, is complaining that Trump is gaining on DeSantis, so he's not going to give him more money unless DeSantis gets more moderate, so he can get more votes and whatever. He's just he's DeSantis is telling him to shove up his rear end and appeal well, to the public. Then I'm actually know? reading about most of Trump's donors have gone to DeSantis now. I mean, Trump has no big donors anymore because they don't want to throw him. They don't. If you're a if you're a wealthy person, I know we have a lot of complaints about wealthy people. I do also, but usually you don't just throw your money out the window to become wealthy, and they don't want to give him money to spend on his defense fund. A wealthy person is not going to give millions of dollars for a guy just to spend on his defense fund. They don't want that. They want to give to people who are going to use it to run, actually, to actually defeat Joe Biden, you know, and and so they're not going to throw bad money at bad money. So really, I mean, in Iowa and New Hampshire, many of the big donors have, have, de have deflected. And also DeSantis is getting all the endorsements. I mean, Trump got, uh, what's his name? The, the, uh, the bill of the ball, the, the, uh, the Lindsey Graham. <laughs> but DeSantis is getting all the state uh, endorsements, all the state representatives and major endorsements that Trump got last time. He's getting them now. So... I'm not seeing that's why these polls are garbage, because if the polls were true, all the donors wouldn't be jumping ship from Trump to DeSantis. All the endorsements wouldn't be going to DeSantis. I think they see the writing on the wall. I'll say it again. Someone put this up on Twitter. I mentioned this last week that Trump would not last till next year. And I'm hearing people who th believe he'll be out by January. I think that's true. I think at the latest, Trump will drop out before the voting actually begins. But I think it could be more like November. I think it's going to be I think I think DeSantis is going to do really well in the debates. You know, we have debates in August, September, October, November. I think DeSantis is going to do so well in those debates and he's going to gain from those debates that Trump's going to drop out. I think Trump's in, Trump's in, he also knows from that poll I read that if he's convicted, his people said they won't vote for him. Like half of his supporters said if he's actually convicted by a jury, they will abandon ship. And that frightens him because what is he going to do once that happens? 
So if that see that's what's also frightening donors and local politicians. They are very. It doesn't matter. Even if once again, even if you think all of this stuff, all seventy eight charges, which I don't believe, but if you believe all seventy eight charges are bogus, you know, if you're a politician or you're a money person, you're very afraid. I mean, Trump is almost like a ticking time bomb, right? You don't know when it's going to explode. I think there's. Yeah, I'm wondering, the David Sachs, the Elon Musk of the world, you know, the big tech, if they're endorsing DeSantis, have you heard anything? Because they kind of seem... Sachs endorsed DeSantis, yeah. Yeah, Sachs is a DeSantis guy. He doesn't like Trump. Never really did. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. No, he's a big, I'm sure, I don't know for sure. I'm sure he's given money to DeSantis. Yeah. But, um, but no, he's a DeSantis guy, 100%. And you know who's going to be a DeSantis guy in the end? Sununu. And he has a lot of weight in New Hampshire. So Nunu has okay. tons of weight with all voters across the political spectrum, but especially Republicans in New Hampshire. And so that's really going to hurt Trump. Right, right. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. I think the big tech, you got a lot of big tech people, you got, you know, who are pushing back on, the globalists. See, what, what I wanted to touch on a couple of things. Well, well, let me, before I jump there, did you know Ron Paul's law office burnt down the day after he said he was going to press charges, try and get charges charged on Fauci for lying before Congress? Did you know that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we talked about that. That's why I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. That's freaking nuts. Oh, my God. Well, look, he has a lot of that neighbor. Remember that neighbor beat the shit out of him? That was a weird thing. No, what was that about? Well, that's when he ended up in the hospital a couple of years ago. His neighbor came to his house, beat the shit out of him in like in, in his like his. I think it was like in his uh, on his lawn or something. Every day they had some kind of a you know like a quarrel going on, like a Hatfield and McCoy kind of thing. And one day his neighbor just beat him up. <laughs> Guy went to jail. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember he had a collapsed lung? Yeah, no, no, his neighbor. I remember that. Yes, no, his neighbor just went crazy and beat the shit out of him. What? I don't know. I don't know what the problem was between the two of them. But something happened there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, well, he's obviously, you know, it's a little disappointing, you know. Okay, well, it's kind of like when the FBI bagged a guy here, uh, Sinto, for lying to the feds about, I don't know, some financial backing or mischief with uh, Mayor Loretti, but so they get arrested for lying, but what about the crime they're lying about? Isn't that more important? Doesn't that bother you that people get arrested for lying or lying before Congress? But what what are they lying about? What's the bigger crime? And You don't see the bigger crime enforced. Isn't that bizarre? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, I contend there's crimes against humanity on this whole COVID matter on multiple levels, and Fauci financed the gain of function through NIH to EcoHealth Alliance. We know the whole story, right? And uh, the you know, and then the uh, production of the jab and warp speed before it was tested properly. I mean, the whole thing's a series of crimes against humanity. But I guess as best Rand Paul can hope for is to hit him with a possible treason charge in front of Congress, wherever they're going to call it, lying before Congress. I don't know what that is. Are they, what, what is that, lying before Congress? What, what level of crime is that? I don't even know. It's you know what, 
it's a felony, isn't it? What is it yeah. again? It's a felony. Yeah, but I mean, okay, that would be a start. I mean, when you think about the <laughs> yeah, it would be. People died over and over again as Fauci. Remdesivir is a renal failure drug. They pull it out of the damn Ebola trials. It was deadlier than Ebola. I mean, come on, you're going to make that the mm-hmm. primary antiviral to give people in a something no more yeah, deadly Bill, than the, the guy. Flu? The guy got a total pass for AZT. No, how many how many people did AZT kill? How much money? Yeah, did that you too. Make off of people dying from AZT, the guy got a total pass. You already had, that was ge- that was genocide number one. True. Before genocide number two. Yeah. Now people are talking about that, but they just yeah. dropped it. He, you know, he did something to Larry Kramer, licked his ass. I don't know what the fuck he did, but all of a sudden Larry Cl- Kramer liked him after hating him, after going after him. God knows, maybe what kind of threats he may have made, but uh, Larry Kramer all of a sudden reversed course and became his fucking friend. Uh, which is, you know, Larry Kramer. That's one of the worst things he ever did. All the people, he, all of his friends that died from AZT. And he was oh going God. after Fauci for a while. Then all of a sudden, and no one can really put their finger on why that happened. Why he reversed course. I don't know. i tell you what, you know, uh, Robert David Steele talked about, he was CIA op and, and then the ex-Marine who uh, uh, turned, turned and started uh, being a whistleblower on all these things. And uh, I, when people suddenly flip, like whoever this Kramer is, maybe they got to him like with death threats. I mean, blackmailed, uh, uh, potentially uh, bribed, more likely blackmailed. Well, Larry Kramer was just a major political activist. He started the, the militant group ACT UP, ACT UP Fight Back. They were in so many, you know, uh, pride parades okay. and rallies, and they were huge, huge militant uh, organization, gay rights organization during AIDS. Okay. And so Larry was big. He was the head of the whole thing. And, you know, he had a lot of clout and he was writing all these articles about how horrible Fauci was in the 80s. All of a sudden, they became friends. And like you said, I, I alluded to it. Maybe there were threats. Yeah. Who knows? This guy, we, we see now, yeah. he makes threats. Right? He threatened people. He had his mafia shut people down. Destroy people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the doctors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that something happened during the age thing as well with that. But but all sure. of a sudden, all this hatred against Fauci, rightful hatred from gay rights groups, went away. It was, once again, see, that was all forgotten about just as easily as this can be forgotten about. And we can't allow that to happen. No, I mean, this is outrageous. Plus, you know, they're going to let us, they're going to, the catastrophic contagion, the tabletop exercise has been done. They got now virus X, whatever they're calling it, the, the new variant of something, you know, the, un, the unknown, you know, this big unknown, we got to prepare and, and I, Jesus Christ, we've been, how long has humanity been on earth? And has there been any real virus that's, when was, you know, as we talked about, it was sanitation, nutrition. Luke Montagnier talked about the Nobel Prize winning scientist regarding HIV and AIDS. He said the biggest thing is, is proper nutrition, sanitation, you know, enough uh, hydration. Uh, in fact, they found that men who were low in magnesium, selenium, were much more likely for the um, 
HIV to turn into full-blown AIDS. So, again, uh, and he said, uh, I remember him saying, and I could try and find articles, that, that the biggest thing is overall uh, support of the immune system and uh, uh, everything I just cited. So, and, and it's true, if we were talking about uh, vaccines in general, uh, that there's been no uh, double-blind, placebo-controlled study on any vaccine throughout history. And uh, it's been proven once again that the thing that moderates disease most of all, over and over again, is proper nutrition, sanitation, you know, uh, clean, healthy water. Those are the biggest impacts on human disease, you know. Right. Uh, so... But that's my point. And so now they're trying to scare the living daylights out of everybody that you got to get vaccinated. This is the only way. If you don't, you're going to kill off the greatest generation or the kids or, you know, I mean, it's absolute insanity. The whole thing's nuts, you know. But uh, this is the agenda, like Daniel said and you said. I'll, you know, the people like us, I call us the red-pilled people. We didn't take the blue pill, you know, the Matrix. And (laughs) Alibar, you know that. Right, of course. There's nothing that's going to scare us around any bug. That's for right. damn sure. Yeah. You know? No. But the, the blue pillars, they'll look at us and say, you're responsible. You are you are responsible. I had a friend of mine who was a marshal who helped deliver my paperwork for my lawsuits, former mayor of Insona, senior gentleman. I used to call him up and bullshit with him all the time. Uh, his nickname was Batman. <laughs> I used to call me. He'd call me Fat Man. We'd joke around. And uh, I call him up one day, and he started blasting me. He said, "You're I don't talk to people like you. It's because of people like you that this disease is spreading. He went off. He went nuts on me. Usually we call and goof around and get along great like you and I. And I'm like, what? And I couldn't reason with him at all, at all. <laughs> I was like, Marshall, I'm housebound. I don't even get out of my off the second floor. I have nothing to do with getting you or anybody, your kids or grandkids sick. You know what I mean? Let's be realistic. What are you talking about? Well, you know? They were simply uh, scared. They was, they yeah, was, I know. They were scared to the, the point where they couldn't think straight anymore. And this is what the government yeah. wanted. This is what the yep. government wanted. It wants people so scared that they can no longer think straight. You it's know? true. It's absolutely true. Now, or if on the bigger picture, uh, did you ever hear Ustas Mullins? He was a World War II veteran, uh, three and a half years World War II Air Force veteran. Ustas no. Mullins? No. I've learned about this guy. Uh, he's actually got all over YouTube. And he back, he died in 2010. But he was a true patriot, outing the New World Order, the uh, death by injection. He's all against Big Pharma. It's talking about the Federal Reserve, the criminals, the banksters. I mean, everything you and I discussed, even before Dr. John Coleman. Remember we talked about John Coleman, the Committee of 300? Right. And Ustas is all over this. He also talked about the world cabals, which is what Dr. John Coleman's really talking about. You know, and, uh, boy, I really like listening to him, Mike. I, I, if you have time, Ustas Mullins... Uh, and YouTube, and he's very, but not only is he super right on, uh, going back decades, but he's very witty and funny. I mean, you laugh. I mean, this guy, I mean, listen to him is a joy, and he really tackles some very hard issues that have come to bear, you know, to mm-hmm. fore. Um, uh, 
he, uh, he fought in the courts and he's, you know, saw how corrupt the U.S. courts are. Everything, everything. U.S. World War II veteran. What a great guy. And, uh, but, uh, what I was getting at there, I also put an article, speaking of Dr. John Coleman, I put an article in there and I remember him, our friend Dr. John Coleman. And he's, again, he was all about calling out the New World Order and the bankers, et cetera, et cetera. And what you have here uh, also is the transhumanism agenda, not to mention the trans agenda. And so Dr. John Coleman is, is, is more article, another article on him. I thought you might be interested in some of this, uh, or your listeners might be, uh, because it takes it on from the, the bigger picture. Now, there's one more article I found that was really interesting on the Rockefeller plan for the BRICS New World Order in their own words. So I have that link in there. And, and it was a product of the 1956 Rockefeller Brothers Fund effort known as the Special Studies for the Multilateral and Multipolar New World Order Project. And it lays out the blueprint world order that is currently materializing around us so they actually had this set up from 1956 after their whatever think tank uh, 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 special studies uh, program. It's, it's, I never knew about this. I, I was reading it and I thought, oh, gee, Mike, Mike would be interested in that. That It's about breaking up the uh, old uh, European uh, the, the empires, like the, the controls uh where, where, let's not forget, it was Europe, Western Europe, Germany, uh, England, but that's where things were produced originally, of course, and that's where the manufacturing hub was and the banking hub. But then came the settlement in, uh, here, and, and then things exploded here, but, uh, now this uh, multipolar world order that we hear about, uh, this is relevant because you talk about the demise of the cities like where you are mm-hmm. and and the loss of manufacturing here in this country and the disparity, uh, what it takes today to buy a home and accrue wealth uh, versus our parents' days, uh, you know, the cost of living increase. All this is part of the destruction of the American uh, culture, including the American family unit, uh, you know, this whole bizarre, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, woke, uh, multi, you can be any, any sex if you just change your mind. I mean, it's, it's just all nuts. You, you know, know, there's something, uh, there's something I wanted to get back. Stay on with me because I wanted to read this. This was on Twitter. This was posted mm-hmm. by someone <clears throat> on Twitter. Uh, the, the, the Santa Cruz mountain goat is his handle at SS Mountain Goat. And he posted this yesterday. And I think this is uh, so incredibly, not just touching, but also just so uh, indicative of the times we've gone through over the last three years. And we've talked about this, you know, about like your friend dumping you and screaming at you and, and saying, yeah. you must do this. People, people who wanted to force us to do things their way. And yeah. how a lot of it came out of fear, but a lot of it also comes out of, I think, a lot of the authoritarian nature of a lot of people. But this is this is what Santa Cruz Mountain Goat wrote on Twitter. Shortly after COVID started, in July of 2020, my father died. 
before I ended the call with my stepmom, who called me when my father collapsed, my girlfriend already had the car packed. She knew what to do, and I didn't need to say anything. By the time I hung up the phone, he was gone. We immediately drove up to Washington, not for the funeral, but for whatever it was that we did during COVID when a loved one died. I got to say goodbye to him in an empty room full of empty chairs with one occupied casket. It was unfitting for how good of a man my father was. And poof, just like that, he was gone. And then we drove home. It never really hits you until later. And it's usually when you're not expecting it. But that's another story for another time. One of the more memorable things from our trip was stopping to get gas on our way through Oregon. Forgetting that you're not allowed to pump your own gas in Oregon, I began to get out of the car. With half of my body hanging out the door, the attendant quickly ran up to me and asked what I was doing. At that point, they said, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot you're not allowed to pump your own gas here, all while trying to force through a smile, not realizing that he was very angry. From beneath his annoyed, masked face, he asked me, oh, so you're not from Oregon? Why are you traveling out of state during a global pandemic? Oh, his, my God. With, yeah, with his liberal Oregon condescending accent. He continued to demand I get back in my car but not before taking my credit card after being face to face with me and no further than about two and a half feet away. COVID brought the authoritarian out of so many people. He wasn't scared of COVID. He wanted to assert some sort of dominance. Here we are at a gas station in Eugene, Oregon, and the gas station attendant feels he has the authority to question where I'm traveling, why I'm doing it, and demands I get back in the car. He didn't do this out of fear. Wow. If he was scared, he wouldn't have approached me at all. He would have been very careful to keep his distance. He did this because he sure. was given the smallest amount of authority, and it made him cruel. This is how people behaved before vaccines became available. This is how people behaved before they were calling for doctors, nurses, and hospital staff to be fired for refusing the vaccine. This is how they behaved before they were calling for forced COVID-19 vaccinations within the military. This is how they behaved before the president of the United States of America tried to take the livelihood of every American that refused the COVID-19 vax that worked for a company with 100 employees or more. It was never about science, never about health. Right. It was never about safety. It was always about your compliance. We can never forget how people behaved during COVID. But more importantly, we can never let people forget how they behaved during COVID or they'll do it again. And I'm here to remind everyone, and I'll continue telling my story. You should tell your story, too. People will love to hear it. I know I would. Thanks for reading. Isn't that, isn't that just, I mean, it's amazingly emotional reading it. Yeah. Because you go, I'm going through everything we went through, right, for three years. I'm, I'm reliving it. But think about that. Yeah. Think about this, this scumbag at this, at this gas station, right, who is questioning this man. And what was he doing? He was going to his father's fucking funeral. He was going to his father's funeral. And he was this this nobody. Chas, this gas station attendant, literal gas station attendant. I know we call people that when we want to demean them, but this is a literal gas station attendant. Dare question what he's doing? I mean, it's, it's disgusting, isn't it, Bill? Well, yeah, I mean... I, it's a psych, it's a psychosis. It's a brainwashing. It's a conditioning that brings out the 
the worst of people. And uh, this is sort of uh, like when the Jap- Japanese were turned on uh, the Japanese Americans. Um, you know, put them in a you know Japanese internment camp. You know, I mean, the, the demonizing, making an enemy out of something to to elicit a response from people that that's coming from the government that's coming from Fauci that you know you're going to kill the greatest generation if you're not vaccinated you're you need to wear masks first masks don't work then i mean Fauci is such a pathological liar then it's masks and it's more than one mask and it's it's absolute insanity guys looking like a nut job with multiple masks on remember that you wear more than one mask now i mean it's like what these people are absolutely insane, and but the it, it drove the fear level ramped it way up and and brought out the worst in people and and this is what's frightening about it because the next one as you know Bill Gates told us is gonna we'll get we'll get their attention. Fauci's saying by the end of twenty twenty four, and they've already laid out the tabletop exercises and how drastically you know death. You know, death rate, high death rate, high spread, and they've already got people. They can, it's it's predictive programming. They already got them on their heels and got their ears. And you watch; they're going to claim the death rates much higher in the next one. Just like that, but think of how high they said the death rate was going to be in this one. Well, you know, yeah, this they, they lie yeah. about that. We know they're lying. That's about what I mean. Yeah, they're going to lie again. You're right. You're right, though. The next thing will be. The basic, the PR spin on the next one will be, hey, if you thought COVID was bad, wait for this, right? Exactly. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, the, the government's going to fall in line because they're all part of the whole control system. This is, all this is is about, about uh, controlling the masses, crushing, what did RFK Jr. say, 3 million uh, small businesses closed? I heard him say three million. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. You know, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that the, the billionaires got thirty three percent richer, and there was a billionaire formed every day for five hundred straight days. Meanwhile, the middle class were absolutely crushed, and that's what this is about. That's that's not to get Klaus Schwab. You know, you know, as a young global leaders, but also you will own nothing, uh, have no privacy, and be happy because it's all about this. You know, the state will take care of you and. You know, we're going to have to stick together to fight this. You know, it's, 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 it sounds like something out of uh, some, like we talked before, Joseph Gorbel, this, yeah. <laughs> you know, nightmare. I mean, seriously, you know, uh, not to mention, if you look at Klaus Schwab's father was a Nazi. Uh, uh, a lot of these people have uh, uh, this Nazi blood and not to know hyperbole. Uh, isn't it true too of Trudeau's uh, assistant prime minister? What's her name? I think she has, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's her name again? John uh, Blank. Um, I don't know. Christia Freeland. Christia Freeland. Oh, was that her name? Minute. Yeah. What? Wait a minute. She's not. She Trudeau's. I thought she was. Is, is she Australia? Or I'm trying to remember. There, who's Trudeau's assistant prime minister? What was her name? I got no idea. A little, we got to do a little search here. But I remember she's a WEF member, it's World Economic Forum puppet, and uh, so Trudeau's a young global leader, and they're all coming from this, uh, uh, 
you know, he's uh, Klaus Schwab, the Bilderberg Continuum, and the they're all they're, if, Oh yeah, you're right. You're right, Christia Freeland. I thought so, right? Yeah, yeah. Deputy Prime Minister of Canada. Yep. Right now, we need to search for who her mother was and her father. My understanding is she's got just like uh, Klaus Schwab and Prescott Bush. I mean, the Prescott Bush was mailing money off the the World War II and the financing of that. He, you know, uh, along with uh, don't forget uh, the Rockefeller yeah. Foundation and. Uh, IBM and the Ford Foundation. Yeah, Wikipedia does not uh, mention. Not going to tell us now. No, no. No. Not going to tell us anything about her uh, parents. No. Yeah, I could do a little search on that using the index. We'll probably get some things. All that controversial content, Mike, they had to take away from us because it might somehow create what? Education. <laughs> it might learn something about who these people are. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> oh, no. You can't have any of that disinformation that's going to shed any light on anything, you know, right? Of course. It's absolute insanity. And look, this authoritarianism, we talked about it. Yeah. We talked about how yeah. a lot of people will go right back to that again. And yeah. it could get even even worse, right? It could oh. get even worse. Do you, do you know this jackass Sam Harris? Do you know who Sam Harris is? Remind me, I heard the name. I'm talking about Sam Harris. Is he an actor? Well, no, no, no. I, I don't know much about him either, but I do know that he's somebody. Uh, and he uh, was on some podcasts, and he was talking about how uh, <laughs> he was saying that if if COVID was worse or if something came around that was really worse than COVID, really bad, then most people would have no problem and would be absolutely correct that people should be forced vaccinated. This is what this jackass was saying. Unbelievable. Yeah, that people would have no problem and should have no problem uh, with, like, police breaking into your apartment and, and, and shoving, you know, needles into your arms if something came around that was really bad, really bad. Of course, all the government would have to do is define it as really bad, right? I mean, they said that about COVID at the beginning. They said three to five percent of the people who got it were going to die, right? Yeah. And they didn't talk about age or 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 other comorbidities. They just said three to five percent of the people who get it would die. Let me say one more last thing. If you have a chance on YouTube, Ustas E U S T A C E Mullins, World War Two Air Force veteran, Mike, you're going to love him. He is so witty, so right on New World Order. Cabal, you know, Federal Reserve, banksters, murder by injection, everything we're talking about, long decades before many people were talking about it. So okay. I just thought I'd share that with you. Sounds good. All right, Bill. We'll talk All right, tomorrow. brother. Thanks. All right. Thank you, brother. Okay. Bye. All right. Okay. All right. Well, a couple of one thing I want to mention um, before ending the show. Um, and it, it goes back basically to what I was talking about with uh, with the election. But we're about two weeks out from the debate, less than two weeks out from the debate. And what amazes me is that the hypocrisy of a lot of these people, especially on the right, where they claim that Joe Biden is a wimp. Right. So try to try. This logic makes no sense. But try, let's see if we can make it make sense. We can't because we're not in the mind of the cults. But so. They criticize people on the right, Fox News, they criticize Joe Biden and rightfully, rightfully, for not giving RFK Jr. any 
any debates. But how do you criticize Joe Biden, the sitting president, for not giving RFK Jr. debates? But then you say it's okay. You don't you don't criticize Donald. You're not ap- you're not absolutely. I mean, they they destroy Biden for not debating. They say he hides in his basement. He's demented, so he can't debate. And yet they say nothing about Donald Trump not debating. So this this is the logic. It's bad for Joe Biden, the sitting president, who very rarely, if ever, it's very odd for a sitting president of either party to get primaried and do debates, right? So it's bad for, and he's also way ahead in polls, if you believe polls, of RFK Jr., right? Just like Trump says he is over DeSantis. So it's bad. It's wrong for the sitting president who's 40 points up in polls not to do debates, but it's okay for Donald Trump, who's just a candidate, not the sitting president, to not do debates. That's fine. Of course, there's no logic to it because they're in a cult and it doesn't matter. And they'll never criticize the cult leader. They'll never criticize another thing here. So and I'll talk more about this tomorrow. Chris Christie, right? Trump is calling Chris Christie fat. Now, if you talk about the, the pot calling the kettle black. But how could you and I, I see Trump supporters also making fun of Chris Christie's weight. Have they seen Donald Trump? They think Donald Trump is, is Tom Cruise, is Brad Pitt. How much has, how much weight has Donald Trump gained just from his original run eight years ago? Go take a look at how much weight this guy has gained in eight years. So it's amazing that Trump can make fun of Christie's weight and his supporters back him up in making fun of Christie's weight when their candidate is a is obese himself. This is the hypocrisy of the right, the hypocrisy of the Trump supporter. That drives me crazy. Maybe they want to drive me crazy. Who knows? But I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind everyone the name of the show is in Let's Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time. And which means I'll see you right back here tomorrow night for a big Thursday night show. But until then, this is Micah Chopley reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.